TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. What's good, my friends? Hello to everybody on YouTube. This is the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. 2023. We are the fan upstate. Rolling on until... 7 o'clock p.m. today. Fantastic to have you guys with us. Here's how you can take part in the show. You can give us a call at 844-326-3663. And the text line is there for you at 71307. Just start your text with the word fan, and away you go on the show. Getting to all of your texts, all of your calls here on the show today. Hello to everybody on the YouTube page right now. Great to see you guys. Hope 2024 is the best year of your life. Guys, I don't want to be talking about this crap. I don't. Sorry, I don't want to be doing this. I don't want to be talking about this. This sucks. And yet I'm showing this to my wife over the weekend, and I'm tweeting this out. And then within an hour of when I tweeted this out, I got our boss, Mark Hendricks, who's texting this to Rob Brown and I saying, did you guys see this? And I'm like, yes, boss, it's already it's already out on the social. You know, it's already out. Uh, it's out there. And what we were seeing, and I, I just can't even believe the level of moron that exists here. I just, I can't believe it. Is Dave Tepper throwing a drink on a fan because he's pissy? Because his team and his, you know... Nine-figure investment is getting their ass kicked yet again. Like, give me a break. I'm so old. Like, can you even believe this? This dude is throwing a drink on people. Was the drink sour or salty? I don't know. He's both. He's both. What an immature child. We're going to call him Diesel Mount Tepper. Oh, be careful. Mount Tepper is going to blow. You know, what's crazy is... There's the the video that's floating around, and I'm sure most people have seen it by now. If not, find the fan update on Twitter. I'm sure one of us posted it there. You said you did. But uh, the problem is there was no audio from that scene. It was oddly silent, the video was. There was no audio from that whatsoever. But we have obtained exclusive audio of what it sounded like when Dave Tepper threw that drink out the window and it landed on a Jacksonville fan. Uh, yeah, there it is. 
Guys, you know, and thank goodness, Dee, so that that cameraman just happened to catch a wee bit enough yeah. of Tepper to get that. If you know as well as I do, the pictures determine everything. Ray Rice without the video, no suspension. Mm-hmm. Ray Rice with the video, suspension. The video didn't show us anything we didn't already know that happened. Yeah. Right? The problem was that it was cropped in just the right way, or Tepper was just out of frame where I mean, we, all, we all know that he's the one who threw the drink. Because he, the, you see the hand fling a drink, and you see Dave Tepper lean in and, and throw the cup. So you know that it was Tepper. But he could almost argue, wasn't me. Wasn't me. You didn't see my face attached to a body, attached to the arm, holding the cup when the, when the drink went flying. Wasn't me. Diesel, if that would be his excuse, we would have already heard that. Yeah. He knows that he can't roll with that, <laughs> right? He knows the camera caught enough of him. Yeah. He would pay handsomely to that person not to release said video. You know, that vid- that person who filmed that would be a millionaire right now. The problem is this is what we've heard from Tepper and the NFL since the event. Crickets. We've heard nothing. And that's that's how they roll. You know, how do, how do they keep getting away with this? You know, Diesel, I'm going to say this. I think this is actually a fantastic day for Panthers fans, or should I say Panther fan? You can't keep getting away with it. Because there's only one Panther fan <laughs> left, right? I, I don't know that we can speak of Panther fans in the plural sense yeah. anymore. Uh, they had 45 cent tickets. Diesel, there are gumball <laughs> machines that yeah. cost more than a Carolina Panthers ticket. I do so, wonder how cheap they're going to go for this this week. Maybe oh. they want to come and see Baker's return to Carolina. Oh. Any fans who show up, the weather's not going to be great. It's going to be in the mid-40s. It's going to rain on Saturday. We'll see if any of it holds over till Sunday. The weather might suck. And I would love, love for Dave Tepper to have another empty stadium to explain away. Diesel, the Carolina Panthers traded away the whole franchise. For a guy, Bryce Young, who is not playing nearly as well as, as one Baker Mayfield. That Baker Mayfield was on the team. He sure looks like the quarterback of the future in Tampa through 16 games, right? So why is today actually a very, very good day for Carolina Panthers fans? All right, what do you think? Um, I think it's a good day because when this sort of thing happens, when enough of these sort of things happen, The commissioner, Roger Goodell, can put to a vote whether Dave Tepper should remain an owner in the NFL. Conduct unbefitting. That's it. And if 24 out of 32 owners say that, no, he should not remain an owner, then, my friends, he is forced to sell the team. Now, is that going to happen after this event? I don't think so. But Diesel on the three strikes in your out policy, this is definitely one strike. I don't know if the corporate headquarters is strike number two. I don't know if he's got one strike or two, but this is definitely one of them. I had to jump in and create an original podcast to send out over over the break when, once this video started making its rounds. And I said, guys, this is like finding one last Christmas present stuffed way back behind the tree that you forgot was there. Because this finally, finally is an actionable offense that the NFL, the owners, and Roger Goodell could come down on Dave Tepper for. You can't come down on an owner for, for wanting to make decisions with his team. It's his team. He can do what he wants to do. You can't come down on, on, on an owner whose team sucks. 
There's a lot of owners whose teams have sucked, and they're not removed because the team is no good. They're designed to be profitable, whether the team is good or bad. However, this is an actionable offense. I mean, it's 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 not going to cost him the team. It's not like he sexually assaulted someone. I mean, that would be one of those things that is almost instant grounds for removal as an owner, especially in this in this charged climate that we're in. But this is one of those major, major slap on the wrist moments that the other ownership will use in the future to say it's a pattern of behavior with Dave Tepper and we've got to get this guy out. I'll tell you what, he traded everything to draft the wrong QB. He has tickets going for 45 cents. They have the number one pick in the draft, and they're handing it to the Chicago Bears. Yeah. But we shouldn't just focus on the good things, <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we, we also forgot to mention Scott Fitterer standing there like a battered wife, just staring off into the distance while this happens, while his owner is throwing drinks on people, throwing cu- cups. I guarantee he's cursing up a storm. And, and Scott Fitterer is just like, oh, man, I still work here. I want to get out. <laughs> Guys. Um, this, the bad news about this little outburst is in my opinion, it prevents Carolina from hiring a good, a good head coach. Honestly, no good head coach wants to be associated with that. Ben Johnson, Lions offensive coordinator is not coming here. How can you say that? Mark Ryan, do you have insight? No, I just know that I wouldn't come here if I was Ben Johnson. There's a lot of jobs open and none of them except one has Dave Tepper to deal with. You think Jim Harbaugh's coming here? You think Bill Belichick is coming here? So you can strike Jim Harbaugh, Bill Belichick, Ben Johnson from the list, okay? Your best bet is to find the next Kalen DeBoer, to find the guy who's just clamoring for a job that just really needs a chance. But any truly great coach I don't think is going to come here. You have to show stability with the wrong coach before you're going to get the right coach. And that's how I feel about this. And I share this with you guys, that when we moved here five years ago, it'll be five years on January 14th. When we moved here five years ago, we asked you guys, okay, are the Carolina Panthers your team here in South Carolina? 56% of you said yes. We asked that same question two months ago. The answer was down to 16%. So we're going to open the phone lines right now to you, and we're going to ask you this question. Is this rock bottom for the Carolina Panthers? 844-326-3663. 844-326-3663. Is this now rock bottom? Ha- it, like, is this as low as they possibly can go? Let us know what you think. Because this is insanely embarrassing. You know, I was talking to... Um, a buddy of mine works at CBS. His name is D-Cell. Not Diesel, but D-Cell. And I said, can you tell me the three worst owners in sports? And he said, Dave Tepper, James Dolan, who is the Knicks owner, and James Fisher, who is the Oakland A's owner that is moving them away from Oakland to Las Vegas. He said those three. And I said, give me a trash score. Trash for these guys. One to 100. What's their trash score? I'll ask you guys that question. Dave Tepper, trash score, scale of 1 to 100. Before you give me a 100, realize he does bring great concerts to the Charlotte area. 
Great. He'll be the first to let you know. Just so, just for reference, is 100 a, a good score or a bad score? The worst. 100 is the yeah. worst as it gets. Zero okay. on the trash score means he's not trashy at all. Okay. Kalen DeBoer is a zero on the trash score. Team plays the right way, not associated with cheating, very fundamentally sound, plays hard for him, right? Guys, Dave Tepper is the reason for this. You realize this, right? You realize this? I mean, this franchise made it to the playoffs four times in five years before he got here. He, they made the playoff zero times in seven seasons since. Zero times in seven seasons. In seven seasons, he's about to be on his fifth head coach. And yet he says, I'm very patient. I want people to work for me forever. Well, how? why then did his vice president also quit today? Why then did that happen? Huh? Like, why did that take place? Stephen Drummond. Yeah, he left today. Left the team today. It is like it's awful. And um, Stephen Drummond resigned. Fourth highest ranking member of the staff. Yeah. Behind Dave Tepper, Scott Fitterer, Dan Morgan. Fourth. Left. Why would he do that? Well, he doesn't want to be associated with Dave Tepper. Guys, give us a call. 844-326-3663. Is this rock bottom for the Carolina Panthers? I'm going to answer that right now, Diesel, and I'm going to say it's not rock bottom. You guys don't know what rock bottom is. You, you think this is bad. You could have three years of 2-14. and 14. You're not close. You are not close at all. You don't have a coach. The GM is on the hot seat. The owner's on hot, in hot water. Who knows if Bryce Young is any good or not. You have nothing around him. You can't protect him in any way, shape, or form. In my opinion, unfortunately... I think this is the beginning. This is this is the walk down the hill to rock bottom. You are just on the journey to rock bottom right now. You have no idea how low this can go. Just like the game Limbo, how low can you go? But you're not there yet. This feels like you're treading water, but you're treading water over the Marianas Trench. There's a <laughs> long way down to go. There, there, brother, this like this is you know, this, I feel like, Diesel, we're, we're entering a situation where the Carolina Panthers are going to be persona non grata on this show. Um, did I say that right? I think so. Persona non grata. You can't talk about them, you know, mm-hmm. on this show. I believe we're, like we're, we're entering a three- to four-year stretch where you can't talk about this team. Is this rock bottom? I, I, I think this is the start of the trek down tour what Rod Bottom actually is. I think the Carolina Panthers are in danger of becoming as irrelevant as the Charlotte Hornets are on the Diesel, show. Diesel, that is the question because there, there it is. Who is most irrelevant in Charlotte? Is it the Panthers or the Hornets? Diesel, I would argue, I, I, I think it's a lot closer than you realize. You know, like I, I don't necessarily think they're on the way to becoming the Charlotte Hornets or they're, you know, or you know, the, the Charlotte Hornets are on the way to becoming the Panthers, I think they are equally irrelevant. And I recently asked uh, the network audience, I said, who is the saddest city in America for sports, sports fans? And Charlotte was in my top five. Because what do they have to feel good about, Diesel? Honestly, what do they have to feel good about? The Hornets and the Carolina Panthers, the only time any people go to the games 
is to see Victor Wembanyama, to see LeBron James, to see Dak Prescott, to see the Green Bay Packers, 49ers. The only time anyone goes to the game. You don't go to the game to see the home team. I mean, like, is there a sadder sports city than that? The two pro teams are absolute and literal jokes. Charlotte is a nice city. The city deserves better than that. What is Dave Tepper's trash score? What is his trash score? 71307 on the text line is where you can get to us. A quote from uh, Dave Tepper. I do have patience. My reputation away from this game is one of extreme patience. (laughs) There's no reason why that doesn't come here, too. It does. Now that patience comes with good performance and things that you want to see, progress being made in different aspects. As I said, I would like to have somebody here for 20 to 30 years. I would like to have somebody that would say a eulogy at my funeral. Well, unfortunately, Dave, it might be time to give your team its funeral. It might be time to read your team its eulogy. Do you guys believe that this right now Dave Tepper throwing a drink on the fan in the midst of a 2-14 and season with no playoffs in sight, no head coach, a GM on the hot seat. Looks like you drafted the wrong quarterback. You're giving the number one overall pick to the Chicago Bears, but outside of that, things are great. Things are, oh, things, things are fantastic. Stadium's in great shape. Oh, stadium, really? Yeah, Bank for, of a, for a 30-year-old bird, she still, she, still, she still hunts. She's still rocking it. Yeah, she still is. Chase that skirt. All right, up next on the show. We'll get your answers. We've got Kelly Ford, the lines.com and K Ford ratings coming your way next to talk college football. What do the odds say for the national championship game? That's next. Great to have you with us here on the most interactive sports talk show in the upstate. We are the upstate's voice of you, the fan, because we are the fan upstate. Great to have you with us back after this. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more rips, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medella, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel. Happy New Year, everybody. 
Hope it's the best year of your life. Mark, not to change the subject, but what grade did you teach? I thank you for that time served also. Oh, is teaching now time served? That's an interesting way to look at it, man. I appreciate it. I was a high school teacher, uh, and I ran the media department for a large Houston area high school where my responsibility was the media department and the TV show that the school put on. Uh, it was simultaneously the most challenging and rewarding experience of my life. And it was an honor to be able to teach kids how to perform. You know, today's society, like it's cool, like it's, it's not cool to like act out and display and have a lot of energy. Like it's it, kids are very, very reserved these days. And so to get kids to be able to be comfortable in their skin enough to perform and show energy and gusto, that was awesome. But what happened to me was in doing so, I missed performing myself. My family's got the performance gene, man. My sister's a singer. My mom and dad do the church choir. They're in plays. You know, like I, I, I have the performer's gene. And so when there was an opportunity to do so myself, get back to doing so myself, I wanted to do so, man. But I appreciate that. And, um, you know, I've heard from a lot of my students during my time in Houston still that say to me, uh, Mr. Ryan, you did so much for us. And that's a great feeling. That's an awesome feeling. Uh, joining us right now is our dear friend Kelly Ford, thelines.com, K Ford Ratings. Kelly Ford, Happy New Year, my friend. It is great to catch up with you. I truly do appreciate the time, as always, sir. Kelly, um, what was the most stat-breaking occurrence from yesterday? What was the thing that happened that wasn't supposed to happen? How are you, bud? Hey, Mark. I'm doing well. Happy New Year to you as well. I'll say from a model standpoint, which is how I kind of start my view of college football through that lens, and of course it evolves from that starting point, the thing that wasn't supposed to happen, quote-unquote, was Washington wins another football game, right? I mean, they're underdogs against Texas by the Vegas line, by my own model, but as Washington has done time and time again this year for the fourth time for me this year, and I want to say the fifth time for Vegas, um, Washington wins a game where they're an underdog. So that is the one thing that, quote, shouldn't have happened. But if you watch that game, Washington absolutely deserved to win. They were the better team, as they have been in each of their games that they played really this year. So that mark was something that, you know, at this point, I wasn't even surprised about it. My actual pick in the game with my gut was I think Washington's going to win, and, and they did. And now here they are again, going up against a Michigan team where, you guessed it, Vegas, my model, everybody out there is going to tell them you're an underdog. And that's exactly where I think they want to be. They played that card to perfection all year long. Kelly, we bring it up on the show often. I don't know if we brought it up with you before, but you're probably familiar with the concept of the blue chip ratio. You have to have uh, more than 50% of your roster be four- and five-star players over a four-year stretch. How does your model uh, take into account, or does it take into account, the the it factor, the X factor, the je ne sais quoi factor of one individual player because Michael Penix Jr., he just seems like that Tom Brady type of guy that elevates everybody around him. Can can your um, can your system predict anything like that? Yeah, Diesel, it's a great question, and the blue chip ratio, Bud Elliott's work, um, is going to be tested. Here we go on on Monday night next week. But to answer the question, there are things 
that the model, and I know we've talked about this before, the model can't capture. The model doesn't, it's not all knowing. There are these intangible things that surround a program, whether it's a coach, his influence, a culture, a special player. We, we try to capture those things the best we can. Not everything can be quantified. And if you would have told me Michael Penix like three years ago, if you would have, when Michael Penix was at I, uh, IU, hey, is he going to be anything special at Washington? He's going to be a good player most likely, but is he going to be in the Heisman Trophy conversation? Is he going to be leading a team to a national championship? I probably would have said probably not, and I think most people probably would have said that. So we don't even know necessarily that a player is going to be special until he is special, and that's exactly what Michael Penix is this year and has been all year for this Husky team. So to directly answer the question, Diesel, there are things that the model doesn't capture. What Washington is doing right now, they are, they've won 10 straight games by 10 points or less. They are now 8-0 in one score game, score, or games decided by, by one possession or less. It is, it's remarkable what they're doing, and they're, they're living kind of out there right on the fringe, and they keep falling on the right side of that line every single time. And at a certain point, you say, okay, maybe this is something to do with the team, and it's not just luck. Kind of like Nebraska, right? They fell on the wrong side of that line over and over and over again here in recent years. And you're like, man, maybe it's something more than just luck in these games. So there are lots of things out there. Um, a special player like Michael Penix Jr. is certainly one of those that the model attempts to quantify. But, man, it's very, very difficult, and it certainly does not capture everything. That's why you've got a team like Washington number 11 in my power ratings right now, uh, and they're undefeated on the year. Can you explain, Kelly, why the late money and the late momentum was all on Alabama? I was trying to scream from the top of a mountain to people that this isn't the same Alabama. And yet as it got closer, I, I think people convinced themselves Alabama is going to be Alabama and Nick Saban's record with a bunch of time and – all this stuff, and, and the reality is we had a close game that, if if not for special teams, would not have been close. Michigan wins that game going away. As it is, the better team won. Yeah, Mark, and I said I got my model got it wrong and my gut got it right on Texas-Washington. Well, it's the other way on this one. The model got it right with Alabama. My gut, like many guts out there, got it wrong and just assumed – didn't assume. We inferred, based on years of, of, of data – that Alabama, especially with a month off to prepare and Nick Saban at the helm, they're just going to find a way to make it click. And I, and I think I talked about um, on previous shows and maybe even with you guys, Alabama had the highest ceiling of any team in the college football playoff. But Michigan, they had the highest floor. And Michigan darn near played all the way down to that floor, and they still found a way to win that game. So I think the money coming in to answer the question, I think people were just looking at it saying, this is Nick Saban. This is Alabama. They always seem to find a way. I mean, Nick Saban was – uh, six and one in semifinal games to that point, I think was the record. The only loss back in 2014, the very first CFP semifinal that he played in against that Ohio State team that, that got on a run late. And I think that's where people went. That's where I went with my gut. If we would have listened to, to the Vegas and to the models, um, Michigan was the play all along. And that's really why I created my model was so that I was taking my biases out of my view of college football teams. And here we are at the end of the year, they still find a way to creep back in. Kelly, uh, can you give us a couple of examples of what your model has predicted this year that really kind of makes you hold your head a little bit higher, puff your chest out a little bit? See, see, my model was dead on accurate about this. Um, yeah, I usually get asked more about what goes wrong. So if I go back <laughs> to my preseason realistic expectations, um, Florida State was a team that I had in the preseason in the top ten. I know they were getting a lot of love, though, from people. Louisville, right there in the ACC, Louisville was a team that I gave the third best chance to make the ACC championship game. I think they were probably fifth or sixth in the preseason odds, if I'm not mistaken. But my model looked at it and said, hey, this is a schedule that's very manageable. This is a team that has enough talent to, to, to navigate through here. And also the ACC 
they really there's really not a ton of strong teams. Clemson and Florida State were at the top, but Louisville was right there next. Texas being back. I know that was a common thing that people said and really started to roll your eyes at. My model said Texas is by far the best team in the Big 12, a 70% chance to make the conference championship game at the beginning of the year, only team above 50%. They were one that the model uh, got right. And then if we continue on down, um, looking at, I'm trying to see, you know, in the SEC, you know, a- Alabama was a team coming into the year. LSU, as reigning SEC West champs, was getting a lot of love. The model, there was not a single week all year. The model did not think Alabama was going to be the SEC West champions. That includes after the loss to Texas, after the bad loss to USF. The model continued to say Alabama is, is most likely to win the West here. Of course, Georgia in the East, but everybody saw that. Um, if we go off the radar a little bit, I'll give you one more here from the group of five. Um, SNU, that was my team. You know, Tulane coming off their New Year's Six Bowl win last year, the preseason favorite. SMU was the team that my number suggested had the best chance to win the American um, just slightly over Tulane. They end up getting it done on the road in the conference championship game and finish the AAC schedule undefeated. So that was another one that, uh, that the model got right. So uh, there's, it's right more than it's wrong, Diesel, is what I tell people. Some people believe me, some people don't. Every single uh, game of the season, I have my projected line from preseason up on the website, uh, kfordratings.com, on the preseason realistic expectation tab. So anybody can go see what those things are. That's what I'm reading off of right now, taking a look at this. It's right more than it's wrong, but it's not right 100% of the time, and that's where I think some people say your model needs to be reworked because it got this one wrong. And I say, well, step back and look at the whole picture. Kelly Ford, uh, how do you conclude inside your own brain the Florida State argument and the Florida State experience? Now, I'll tell you where I'm conflicted. I'm the guy arguing for kids to play in bowl games and that bowl games are important. And then you say, well, half the team wasn't there for Florida State. And you got all these people judging their performance against Georgia with essentially the practice squad playing. Does Florida State bear some responsibility for that? Yes. At the same time, They've heard nothing about, about but how much these games are meaningless. The game they wanted to be in, they were shut out of in corrupt fashion, I might add. So where do you land on the committee got it right? Look at these great games. Florida State got screwed. Florida State's culture sucks because no one played in the game. They lost by 60. Where do you end? What is your end point on this argument? Well, my, my, my start point, Mark, which it has not changed, you, you cannot you, – well, I suppose you can. You should not. You really, really should not use performance in the playoffs for validation or invalidation of the committee's decisions and process to rank teams. The performance in the playoffs is totally separate from that moment in time on December 3rd or whatever it was, that Sunday morning, which resumes stacked up as deserving to make the playoffs. So nothing that Florida State did or didn't do in their bowl game, nothing that TCU last year did or didn't do in the playoffs made me feel any differently about those teams should have been included in the playoff based on the resumes they put together up to Selection Sunday. But you're saying where does Florida State kind of fall in this too and, and what, what do they bear what about the culture? I'm not going to say that Florida State has a bad culture. I'm not going to say that Georgia has a, quote, good culture because their people played. I do think Florida – or, excuse me, Georgia does have a good culture. It's not necessarily because they have folks playing in a bowl game like this that many have deemed meaningless. They clearly did not. Florida State's culture is not bad. We live in a society in which people every single day – you, Mark, you, Diesel, your listeners, myself, everybody – we do what's in our own best interest. And sure, if you're a, you're a, quote, good person – 
you're going to try to to do things that are in the mutual best interest of others around you too. And I think we all do that every day. But at the end of the day, you do what's in your best interest. It was in the best interest of these Florida State student-athletes to not play in this bowl game. For one reason or another, that's the decision they made. That doesn't mean that Mike Norvell and Florida State have a bad culture. They had a really, really good team. Something really unfortunate happened to them or was done to them, not through their own doing. And they evaluated the situation, and each player said, what's best for me? Some said it's to play. Some said it's not to play. I don't think it's a bad culture. Um, I just think everybody does what's in their own best interest, and that's what we saw. Kelly, we've all seen the photos of your epic TV array in your football watching room. Now, that's, we only get one angle of that room. What else, Take us around that room as a tour. What else is in there? Do you have anything cool stashed away? And uh, if you could add, what, what's the next big thing you want to add to that room to make it even better? <laughs> well, I'm sitting in the room right now, Diesel, taking this call. It's my work-from-home space, too. Um, so what's down here? I mean, I've got... You know, over a thousand mini uh, two and a half inch Riddell Pocket Pro helmets uh, for every single cool. yeah. every single college football team, all the NFL sets, all that stuff. We got Papa Shot down here. Um, I don't know, ping pong, pool, uh, some Final Four chairs. I really. Oh like wait a minute, wait a minute, Kelly. Can you send us a picture of this? If you do, you not want to post this on social, or if you don't want to post it on social, can we at least see it? Yeah, yeah. I can follow up, Mark, with some pictures here. But I think one of my favorite things is, is these final four chairs. So Indianapolis hosted all of the men's March Madness tournament. Back, or, sorry, the state of Indiana. Indianapolis hosted much of it back in the spring of 2021. And I was involved in working those games. And afterwards, I uh, had the opportunity to purchase some of these the chairs that were used during the, during the championship. So I have just a, a normal kind of first, second round chair, a sweet 16, elite eight chair with, from the regional round, a final four chair, and then one of the bench chairs, actually, uh, that I believe the Baylor team actually sat on is one of the ones that I got. So uh, those chairs are down here too. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's a man cave, right? And I've had to slowly lose bits and pieces of it as the, the kids have gotten a little older, the playrooms expanded, their toys are taking up more space, but I'm holding on to what I can. That's for sure. I got to see, like, I've only seen the pictures of the TV setup that you have, which is second to none. I got to see the whole space, man. I, I got to, I, I, you got to set the stage for me on the man cave that I have to build my friend. Okay, please. Hey, Mark, next time you come through Indianapolis, just let me know and you can get an in-person tour. Yes! Uh, Kelly, Kelly, those chairs sound amazing. They sound super cool. Uh, but I do want to raise you this. My, uh, my uncle through marriage has one of the stools from the Woolworths restaurant in Greensboro that was present during the sit-ins wow. in the 1960s. Wow. wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Not, to, not yeah, to try to one-up you there, but, man. History. <laughs> Kelly, uh, Washington, reasonable minds say they're not going to beat Michigan, right? I mean, the blue chip ratio, the odds, the numbers, the talent, recruiting, et cetera, or can they? Well, what, what are the numbers saying? So I'll start with the numbers, Mark. The, the numbers suggest it's unlikely. Um, and Michigan, or excuse me, Washington's heard that before. Michigan, by my numbers, is a nine and a half point favorite. And I, I kind of, I was a little startled when I saw that and I see what the Vegas line is. But then I see Bill Connolly with SG Plus saying he, he's got Michigan by like 12 and a half or something like that. So I feel, I feel okay about where the model is viewing these two teams. It's about a 75% win expectancy for Michigan. So there's a one in four chance is what the model is saying that Washington wins this game here against Michigan next Monday. But you're saying, can they do it even outside of the model? The answer has to be yes. 
Kalen DeBoer is 104 and 11 as a college football head coach. He's 25 and two at Washington. I already talked about how this team is eight and zero in one possession games. They've won 10 straight by 10 points or less. Michael Penix Jr. is a special player. Diesel brought that up earlier. Like there, there are things about this Washington team that they're just special. They're having a special year. And we, to, to be fair here, I said the same things about TCU, maybe to a little bit lesser extent, a year ago at this time, and we know how the national championship game turned out. So I'm not saying that it's out of the realm of possibility that Michigan wins this game and wins it by the 9.5, my model suggests, or the 12.5 or FT+, or maybe more. But it's also not out of the realm of possibility that Washington finds a way to do what they've done really every single game the second half of the year, and that is do just enough on both sides of the ball to win the game. And it didn't always look pretty. You go back through their schedule. I mean, they beat Arizona State by eight points. They beat Stanford by nine points. Uh, they beat a bad USC team, a USC team that really had no defense by only 10 points. Uh, the Oregon State game, uh, Vegas had them as an underdog. My model actually did like Washington in that game. That's a two-point game. Washington State, now that's a big rival, but they were not a good team this year. You only beat them by three points at home. They find a way to win, though. So there's something to be said for that. The model says lay the points with Michigan. My gut is telling me again, Washington, but I went one and one last week, model versus gut. If I had to make a pick right now, I think Michigan wins this game. And I think they probably cover the Vegas spread. They may not cover my spread of nine and a half. I think they probably win by somewhere in that one touchdown range. But yes, Washington absolutely can win this game. Will they? I don't know. But all they have to do is do what they've done every single week. And we, myself, and any other power reader out there, Vegas, the public, everybody is doing them a huge favor by keeping that chip on their shoulder. Washington wants to be an underdog. They want to be able to play that card. And here they are. They're going to be able to play it again. And uh, they want to prove the entire world that, that they can get it done. And they just might. Kelly, uh, great to have you on as always, my friend. I want to pop my collar because people highlight enough when you're wrong. Kelly, I had Michigan 28-24. I had Washington 38-36. National championship game. I, I, I challenge, I've been asking, was anyone more accurate than that? My national championship pick that is on the same graphic as those two scores. Michigan 31, Washington 20. So that is my national championship score. Uh, Michigan meets criteria that others don't. My friend, it is so great to have you on again. I want 2024 to be a truly great year for you, and I know it will be. Because of all of because of your outstanding character and all the work you've done to lay the foundation for an incredible 2024 calendar year, all the best to you and your family, Kelly. Let's talk soon, okay? Well, Mark, I appreciate it. Congrats on those picks. That is incredible. I'm looking forward to a great national championship game. Thanks to you and Diesel for having me on, and uh, look forward to hopefully continuing to be able to do it here in future years. So appreciate you both, and enjoy one more college football game here this year. Yes, sir. Kelly Ford, thelines.com is where you can see his work. Up next, Clemson, Kentucky, the Gator Bowl. Some thoughts on that next here on Offsides, the Fan Up State. Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel, we are the Fan Upstate. Great to have you guys with us here on a first show back from the holidays. We you can tell it's the first show back. You just gave me a confused look. Oh, I did. You know why? I couldn't hear the music coming back, so I didn't know if we were back or not. I couldn't hear the music. <laughs> it, so it, are, are, we, are we back? Are, yeah, are like, we what back is, like, yeah, we're back Diesel's on now. giving me the face like I should talk, like, bro. Ta-ta-ta today, Junior. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Why do you want me to talk? Hey, guys, great to be here with you. 
We love you dearly, uh, and we hope you had an awesome holiday, truly. Clemson versus Kentucky in the Gator Bowl. Can I just say this? You would not believe the amount of smack talk I was taking when my team is the Florida Gators, okay? The amount of smack talk that I was taking by Gamecock fans, okay? And I was sitting in a studio downstairs trying to get ready to host a show, and I'm taking strays from Gamecock fans just because Clemson is losing in their bowl game. Need I remind you, morons, what rule number three of sports fandom is? Thou has no right to crow. See what I did there? Crow? Gamecocks crow? Thou has no right to crow about a rival's loss when your team is worse. That was buffoonery. That was complete and total buffoonery. You wouldn't freaking believe the number of sour Gamecocks talking junk in my mentions. Same Beamer forever. When Clemson trailed. What a loser's mentality that is. And you know why they don't wait till the game's over before they run their smack? Because they know Clemson's going to come back. So they it's called shooting your shot, right? They shoot their shot when they still can. Just get a grip, would you? Rule number three of sports fandom. Thou has no right to celebrate a rival's misfortune when your team is worse. You know, like Kentucky was up by seven points or ten points or whatever. Uh, Cade Klubnick really turned a page and really showed something in the in the in the second half of that game, especially the last quarter of that game, especially the last drive of that game, when Clemson had to have it right down the field. Did you guys even know that Clemson had the hurry-up offense in them? I didn't think they were capable of the hurry-up offense. But I'll tell you, like I was, I was thoroughly impressed with Clemson's ability to just find a way to win. Bam! Gotcha! They found a way to win. Phil Maffa, running back one, up the middle for the W. I wish the rest of college football could take note of the intensity that was on display during that game for bowl season. It was a such intensity. It was a hell of a close to the season for Clemson. And the forecast next year for Clemson is now surging. Florida State has DJ Uyunglele. I know you're not worried about that. All right? Now, look, the secondary for Clemson was secondary and, ex- secondary and execution. Ver- weren't very good. Devin Leary, Kentucky. Now they've got Brock Vandegrift from Georgia. Yet Devin Leary, Devin Leary has generally been regarded as a portal bust this season. He's averaging exactly 200 yards per game passing with an arm not strong enough to excel in the SEC. But he popped Clemson for over 300 yards through the air against those freshmen. Against those freshmen, they did. But, man, did I feel Cade. Did I ever feel like he took a step forward in that second half, man? That, my friends, is what Clemson needs next season. Accuracy, clutch, improvisational ability. All of the above was on display from Cade. (laughs) This is a great day, isn't it, fellas? It is. And uh, it's just it was amazing to me, like, What right do you have as a Gamecock fan to be crowing about anything 
when your asses are at home. Don't worry, my ass is at home too. I'm a Florida fan, okay? But, you know, I thought it was a huge game for Clemson to win, right? This was a team that was 4-4. Four and four. This was a team that finished 9-4, and four, 13, 13 straight seasons of nine wins or more. Um, you know, Clemson now has, Diesel, as many wins over the SEC in five weeks, okay? Five weeks as Ohio State does in, the, in a third of a century. Ohio State has two wins in 33 years over the SEC. Clemson has two in five weeks in the last decade. We can all agree the last decade has been the best 10-year period in SEC football history. Clemson is 15-7 and seven against the SEC in the best decade of SEC football history. So, guys, you know, put that down your pipe and smoke it. All right? And what are you crowing at me for? when Clemson is losing in a bowl game. What the hell does that have to do with anything? Like, I, I don't get it. Yeah, it, it's like the fans, it, and I have my problems with Liberty University and how they run their ship over there, but it's like the fans who are ripping on Liberty for getting absolutely stomped in that New Year's Six game. But isn't it better to get to that game and get stomped than to not even be playing in a bowl game at all? Sure. Like, I would love for my team to make a New Year's Six game and get curb stomped. That means we had the best season in our entire school history to get there. I I think Liberty was there as frauds, having played a garbage schedule compared to other group of five teams, and they got their asses beat the way they we all knew that they were going to. But it's better to make that game and get blown out than not to make that game at all. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Clemson, how do you feel? Win over Kentucky. A legitimate very solid SEC side. We've got the top five at five coming your way next here on Offsides Fan Upstate. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 